Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. G'day and welcome to the Farms Vice podcast where we talk everything agribusiness. This week we hit a huge milestone for the podcast. We've hit 4,000 listeners within the month. So that's 1,000 a week. So thanks for everyone, friends, family, mates for tuning in and make sure for this episode that you share and tag your mates so that we can reach the 319,000 working in Aussie agriculture. We're 10% of the way there now with over 30,000 downloads. So continue tagging and sharing each episode as you enjoy and get something out of them also. But today on the show, we dive in and see and talk to Tonya Barr, who hails from Oregon originally. So hence the accent, you'll hear it throughout the episode. She went from sales and marketing to becoming a qualified chef through her love of food and knowing where it comes from. But it's no straight down the line route to becoming a chef. So let's dive in and go straight to the source and find out how it all happened. Today on the show, we have Tonya Barr. Tonya, fantastic to have you on the show today. Hopefully I got your name right. Welcome to the show. Yes, you have. Thank you very much. My my husband's Australian, and he um, when we first met, he would get a bottle of Tony Port, and he'd put an A on the end, and that's how he remembered how to spell my name. Just thought I'd share that. <laughs> Lovely. So, where's your accent actually from? Uh, I'm from Oregon originally, in the states. I've, yeah. I've lived in Australia 26 years, though. Yeah, right. So, fully planted and claim yourself as an Australian now. Yes, yes. Well, my children are dual, um, but you know, the accent just never goes away. It's softer, though, I, I am told. Yeah. <laughs> Until I say the word vehicle, and then I'm in trouble, I guess. <laughs> yeah, that, that's one that I get caught up on when talking to American. 
But anyway, mm-hmm. thank you very much for coming on to the show. Your position in agriculture is a bit of a unique one, how you've approached it and how what you're doing currently. But before yep. we get down to agribusiness, can you coach us through your stage of where you are now and how you actually got there? Sure. Um, I've been in the food industry 26 years. Um, I always wanted to be a chef and growing up in Oregon, uh, you know, it's farm country. We we always, you know, really paid attention to where our ingredients came from. My mom was an incredible cook and I, I was too. And I, I started cooking at the age of eight, but going um, directly into the hospitality industry wasn't in my um wasn't in the cards really. So I went off to college and and I got a job at a software company in San Francisco. And I was the international sales and marketing manager. And in doing so, I lived in San Francisco and I worked my way up through a software company as their sales and marketing manager. And what was incredible about that is it gave me the funds and the ability to travel the world and try different cuisines and meet, go to farmers markets all over the country and all over the world. So I had every, my territory was everywhere, but the continental United States. So I spent a lot of time in Canada and Europe and Asia. And, and had I gone straight into chefing, I perhaps wouldn't have had that opportunity. So it gave me this great insight, which was tremendous. But then, um, then I met this guy in San Francisco and he was from Australia. And I always swore I'd never date anybody from the East Coast in the States because it was so far away and <laughs> inconvenient. And I actually used to date a police officer from Chicago, and that was an absolute disaster. So I said, nope, not doing that. And then I meet this guy from Australia and we fall in love. And after a year of dating, one of us had to move. So I moved to Sydney. And it was there that I got a job at another software company based up in Newcastle. But I knew that um, I had fire in my belly when it came to cooking and Providence and farmers markets. And that's how I fed myself as a single woman. But also that's how I feed myself now with a family. So, um, so yeah, so I came to Sydney and six months working for the software company. It was a software, um, it was, I was selling, I was selling software package to motorcycle shops. So I knew where every Yamaha, Kawasaki, every motorcycle shop in, in New South Wales and, and actually up in Queensland as well. And I sat down and I started making a list of everything I love to cook. And then I started getting reports of what was available in Australia. And I realized there was a gap in the in the sector of growing garlic. And um, at the time, most of the garlic was all imported from either Mexico or Gilroy, California or, or China. And so I flew over to Gilroy, California, and I toured the farms there and got exclusivity for Australia. And I started a company called The Condiment Connoisseur. And so with that said, I was importing products from the States that were all preservative free, um, natural. I had pickled garlic, I had sun-dried tomatoes, I had crushed garlic. And then I also started importing Napa Valley mustards. And then I needed a seafood sauce that was Australian. um, Oh, sorry, I wanted an American style seafood sauce that had like mustard seeds and Worcestershire and tomato and no preservatives. And, you know, America was had so many preservatives and so many products. And so I thought, hmm, I can do this myself. I make an excellent one. Every time I go to a seafood party, everyone's asking me to bring mine. So like a lot of artisans, I started out in my kitchen 
you know, 200 gram containers, printing out labels, spraying adhesive. I mean, very old school. And I started um, making my own sauces and I took it to the Sydney fish markets and the owner of Black Bottle Deli gave me my break really into the food industry. And um, I walked up there with my sauces and he said, come back on Saturday. So I went back on Saturday with 50 little 200 gram containers and started tweaking my formula. And before I knew it, I had uh, the condiment connoisseur. We were selling shelf stable products, fresh products. And then I needed a distributor and I didn't have a big network in Australia. So I decided to research myself and set up my own distribution company as you do not, yeah. but I did it. And um, yeah, I grew. And before you know it, I was in David Jones, Coles nationwide, grew a team, um, but it, it became very, very much bigger than me. Yeah. Definitely. That's, that's amazing. So it all started from come back next Saturday. Yeah, pretty much. And I did. And I did again and again and again. I was so grateful to have that little bit of real estate to also test the market in Australia, you know, because the, the pallets are different, you know, coming from the States, you know, I, I go back and I go, okay, it needs to be a little less sweet. It needs to be a little bit this, a little bit more mustard seed. And it, it gave me a great platform to do that. Yeah, beautiful. So what is actually your skill set with food? Are you a trained <laughs> chef at that time or you just love messing uh, at, around at with that ingredients? Time, no, at that time, I was a businesswoman. So yeah. my background was sales and marketing. And, 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 you know, I wrote a business plan and I executed that plan. And I knew that food, if I could do it in the software industry, I, I didn't have passion for software. I just kind of stumbled upon it. Um, but food, I always had a passion for. So it was kind of like a marriage made in heaven. So I went in the food industry as an artisan and then a manufacturer and then an owner of a distribution company. And then I got bought out. And meanwhile, I had a couple babies too. <laughs> um, and so when I got bought out, I took myself off to culinary school and got my qualifications as a chef. And it was so funny because when I did that, I called my mom and I said, okay, here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm selling the condiment connoisseur as much as I love it. And um, I'm going to go off and become a chef. And she's like, you need to do that. You definitely need to do that. She didn't say that when I was 18, mind you, but yes. she did say <laughs> it. I then I think I'd proved to her it was my calling Oh, good on her for egging you on and getting you around. I suppose like that's a bit of a backflip how people in hospitality start their own products. They become the chef first. Totally. And my, I had a few different motivations. One, I was also, you know, doing some catering and that sort of thing. And I knew I was a really good cook, but I also had a bit of imposter syndrome yep. where I felt like I needed some formal qualifications because a lot of my mates that were chefs, um, you know, they've worked their way up through restaurants or they've, you know, gone to TAFE and they've done their apprenticeship and all of those things. And I hadn't done any of that. And so for me to, to take myself off to TAFE um, in Le Cordon Bleu as a mature age student, um, you know, with kids and coming from the food industry, it gave me a whole different perspective, really. And it was awesome. I mean, when those doors would shut, I would leave my work and my family life behind. And I felt like I had 
the the luxury of this education, the pool of talent that Le Cordon Bleu has is just extraordinary. So I found it not only, you know, a bit not indulgent, but it when I, I hold my head up high now, you know, when yeah. I finished that and I went and did all my industry placement. And now when I'm cooking with, you know, I, I don't have imposter syndrome anymore. I've solved that one. Yeah, well, when... <laughs> When people go to get extra education, you're probably looking to find your focus and you already had your focus and you would narrow it in. So when I went to uni, yeah. I, I was sort of there to get directed into what I would like or what I don't. So agribusiness marketing is my sort of thing that I found through that. And yeah. after, as a mature age student, you sort of, yeah, yeah I love this. So I'm going to collect my skills together and go into it. And that's how you went all about it. Yeah. yeah. No, that's exactly right. I think there's something to be said for that because you don't want to waste your time. You know, you don't, you're, yeah. you're there to learn. And so you open your mind and you take it all in. And, and I think that's, yeah, I think it's an important thing. And that's what I, that's what I did. So on the back of that, I was doing food tours for, um, you know, visiting journalists and farmers market tours. I mean, like I said earlier, Farmers, I mean, I started out in San Francisco going to the farmers markets there. And um, in Oregon growing up, we just go to the farms, you know, we yeah. just go to the potato farmer and just get potatoes. It wasn't that big of a deal. But in California, it had a little bit more structure to it. So when when I moved here and Piermont Growers Market opened up, I just felt like I, I was home. You know, I like to be able to to talk to the farmers and the producers and and make educated decisions for myself based on you know, that, that knowledge I gained from them, but also supporting direct. That's always been ingrained in me. So yeah, so that's what I did. Yeah. So what, a beautiful start to your career and I probably made you into what you're doing today with the different parts and bringing oh. it all in. Oh, totally. It, I mean, they're, they're all stepping stones, isn't, yeah. aren't they? And you don't know how what what turns and swings and roundabouts your career is going to take. And if you would have asked me, you know, when I was in San Francisco in my corner office in suits, would I be, you know, in Australia, you know, doing what I'm doing now? I probably would have said no. But um, yeah, it is it is interesting the journey that we take. And so on the back of all of that, I mean, doing food tours, um, I started a course, um, I started doing my master's of gastronomic tourism. And um, I was doing it through Southern Cross Uni and um, in Le Cordon Bleu. And through that program, I met my business partner, Lucy Allen. Um, when I sold the business, um, I continued to work with other producers because yeah. I could understand from a consultant point of view, I have been a, a food consultant for 19 years. So I, I know what's involved to get a product from concept to market. And I know the pitfalls and how to navigate it. So I kind of set myself on a mission to work with other primary producers and, and artisans that wanted to value add and create another income stream and research it and do it properly. So yeah. uh, that's something that's always um, I've, I've been doing for a very long time. And then um, it was about 10 years, 11 years ago that straight to the source, my tagline with Tonya Bar Food Consulting was always taking you straight to the source. So when I sat down and thought, how could we create a professional, um, a professional development company to make it easy for chefs to leave their kitchens and give them an opportunity to go to the regions 
and have an authentic experience. They're going to have to either, it's going to cost money. They're going to have to leave their, you know, take time, do it on their day off. But I knew the people I spoke to and myself, I wanted to do that. I wanted to be able to go out onto the oyster leases or go to a paddock and, and understand what's involved in, in, in farming and, and raising, you know, and processing lamb and whatever it may be. So 10 years, 11 years ago, I wrote a business plan for straight to the source. And we basically um, started 10 years ago and just pioneered that space. Yeah, and that 10 years is quite broad and the different technologies and everything that's come into play at the end of it. How much has that changed from your initial business plan to adapting to this current year? Yeah. Well, it's, it was interesting because COVID certainly hasn't helped because we were, we were 99.9% travel. So yeah. um, yeah, So when I, so when straight to the source about a year and a half old, and I, like I said, I was doing my master's of gastronomic tourism through Southern Cross Uni and Le Cordon Bleu. And I met this amazing woman online and we had similar values and ethos and we cared about regenerative farming. We cared about Providence and we were sharing papers and I'm like, who is this woman? And um, so we had lunch one day and uh, I realized she was Lucy Allen and Lucy Allen has been a award winning restaurateur and her and Luke Magnan were business partners for, I don't know, 16 years or something. And she's on they've owned three restaurants in their own right. And she too was doing this program. And I knew that from a straight to the source point of view, um, whether it be technology or additional skill sets, that in order to grow, you really do need to surround yourself with amazing people, people that have skills that you don't have and people that pull you up and you pull each other up. So, um, yeah, so we met for lunch and then I was doing the junior foodie market tour that I do every year and she booked her kids in. And then I knew we, we went to lunch again and I'm like, would you please come work with me on straight to the source? Because we're the only ones doing this, but we've got to continue to do it really well. And I wooed her. I gave her as much red wine as I could. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking, but um, I did give her a little bit. And um, anyway, eight and a half years later, we've been we've been business partners and we've just gone from strength to strength. So I'm very proud of where Straight to the Source is today. Um, but with COVID, it definitely changed, changed the landscape for us. Yeah, I, I could imagine how valuable it is to find someone that complements what you do and also yeah. what your business and your direction. But yeah. let's go through Straight to the Source and what it offers. So you're taking the food sure. service industry and introducing them to where those primary producers of where their products come from? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, so up until last year with COVID, we, we work with RDAs, councils. We work with primary producers. There's many different ways that we make our tours happen. We also work with um, hospitality um, venues and, and organizations. So our, our main objective in doing that is to obviously inspire and educate. Yep. And also raise awareness for the regions. So up until COVID last well last year, um, we I mean we go all over the country and, and we go to remote places and our tours are are very much designed from industry out 
if that makes sense. We're not a tourism company per se, but we know that our specific straight to the source tours do raise awareness for regions. We've seen it happen. People are following the chefs that come on our tours and they're watching what they're doing and they're watching the, the produce that is coming from that particular area. But we, um, and we also connect the chefs with each other, which is another very valuable point. And you asked me earlier, the original business plan, and I still have it, it's only one page long. It's evolved since then, I will say, but um, was very much about connecting to, to encouraging chefs to really dive deep into how their ingredients that come in their kitchen are produced so that they understand the value proposition. Because that's... Yeah. You know, that that gets lost sometimes, but also what morphed and what we realized is that chefs like to hang, you know, uh, you know, to be with each other. They'd like to have a bit of time off. They like to be looked after. So we we make sure that our tours are just like all encompassing and they're like this holistic amazingness that keeps chefs wanting to come back again and again and again, you know? Yeah. And I suppose it comes back to what you said before, keeping that fire in the belly. Um, of totally. them wanting to do these hours in the in the yep. kitchen out the back or in yep. the front house um, it's pretty important but also it's really important that we as farmers that are variating can also connect with that side of the industry when normally we probably just look to connect with consumers yeah, exactly. So on the back of what happened last year with our travel um, straight to the source, we decided to take a deep breath and really look at what straight to the source means. What does it mean to the producers that we've worked with? And what does it mean to the industry that we're a part of? And we unpacked it. We rebranded. We you know, took down our beautiful website. We created a whole new website. We decided to create this directory for producers. It's an, you know, to, to come on board so that we can work with them all year. It's another way of us connecting without physically going, um, you know, on a plane or a bus or a car, or what have you. Yep. And so, you know, we had to, we had to be really innovative, but the other thing it taught us is we took all of our skills, all that consulting I've been doing. We're now, that's all under straight to the source, Lucy's expertise in regional restaurants and front of house and all of that, you know, is, is all under straight to the source. So Really, if you're if you're a chef looking for an innovative ingredient, we're not selling anything. You know, we're not. I mean, we're not. We're selling our services, but we're not selling that commodity. So they come to us as industry advisors and leaders and thought leaders to to you know to advise them or to keep them abreast of what's coming up through trends and what have you. Um, so it's actually really exciting for Straight to the Source that we can offer all these services under one umbrella now. Yeah, so you can offer a lot more to both primary producers and also the food service industry. So for, yeah. for primary producers, which is majority of the listeners on this podcast, yeah. um, how what sort of producers are you working with currently or have you worked with previously? Yeah. Um, oh, geez. It, it, it's a full gamut, really. Um, working with, I, I'm sure she wouldn't mind me mentioning it. Um, Outback Lamb, for example, you know, yep. um, Fiona at Outback Lamb, she, 
uh, what was that? A couple of years ago, started making lamb sausage rolls and using local bakery and absolutely beautiful, very Moroccan inspired flavors. And um, she wanted to take them into the retail market nationally. And so, you know, we've been working very closely with her and bringing in a master pastry chef like Christopher Tay and finding her, you know, bakery and the distribution model and strategy and packaging. And so we've been right there with her boots and all to, to bring this to light. And we're very close. Um, another farmer, uh, Sue from Singing Magpie down in Monash, South, yeah. South Australia, you know, she um, uh, started you know, moved from Melbourne to her family farm and Monash is a hundred years old this year and taking the commodity that was, you know, they grow pecans and quince and, and, um, taking taking and, and creating value-adding products and their figs that they grow. They grow white and black figs and chocolate and robing them. And so we worked closely in the early days to help her to help her get get that brand started and get it going. And we continue to support. In fact, she was the first one to sign up to our directory. She said, can I please be the and so anyway, yeah. So I mean that's that's just a couple of examples, but we've worked with many producers. We're working in, you know, green garlic and you know aquaculture and I mean, it's not just Lucy and I, we do have a team and yeah. we also work a lot in the science space. We're, we're releasing, you know, some workshops in that space to help producers in terms of food safety and pH and, and also chefs that are creating products. So, um, yeah, we've got, we've got, we're like a little, you know what we get told a lot? It's funny. It's like, who needs Google when you've got straight to the source? <laughs> we yeah. laugh and go, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, so when the sort of, primary producer sort of comes to you and they uh -huh. have a different product than you've worked with before, but you can sort of have that template, can't you? Use that well, with them to get them up and running or how does it work for a new person looking to value add? So in, in our case, if, if, if a producer is looking that we would sit down and just have a very, you know, long in depth conversation to understand what their objectives are and what they want to yep. create. And then we would create a strategy around their specific needs. There really isn't a template. I mean, if you take an ambient product, you take a frozen product and you take a fresh product. Yes, there's a certain, you know, funnel they go in, but in terms of if it's jams, honeys, like in, like in Fiona's case, it's a frozen sausage roll. Um, you know, you've got to, you've got to take them case by case. So when producers are like on our directory, um, it's an annual fee of like $3.99 a year. Um, and what we, what we do with that is we have a, we have a consultation. We keep all producers front of mind, any producer that's under our, our umbrella, um, obviously meets a criteria as well. Um, but once they're on there, we, you know, we write articles, we, we are on advisory boards, we're on panels, we are at the food shows, we're, you know, so we, we keep them front of mind. And we also look at where there's gaps, you know, we might work with a primary producer that's, you know, um, I don't know, has eggs, and then we see that there's a particular sauce or, or this, this, you know, stadium needs a lot of eggs for a particular purpose or an event so we we kind of step in our model isn't a cookie cutter model absolutely not yeah and i suppose that's how agriculture works as well it's not all the same thing running the same way so you've got to sort of adapt yeah. to how that works what's pretty cool yeah. is how like you said fiona's working with pastry chefs i think for a mm. sheep producer to be able to work with a pastry chef and see how her products 
come to life and how that all works is a pretty amazing thing as a sheep farmer. Yeah, well, you should have a chat tour. Um, She's yeah, actually been on is. the podcast. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. did she talk about it? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, it is. And, and it's a matter of connecting. I mean, straight to the source, we're really... I, I mean, we're like conduits, you know, we, yes, we have um, experience and expertise in our own right, which proves to be very useful, but also we connect, we can connect different um, aspects of the industry with each other. And um, I think that's a unique proposition that we bring. And although technology has advanced so much and, and we are in that space as well, nothing, nothing replaces the human the human connection, in in our opinion, anyway. Yeah, totally. And for like the competition within food service and getting some shelf space in the yeah. bigger grocers, how do you yeah. tackle that one? Or is it not too much of a worry with these independent sort of food products, like a primary producer? How does straight to the source get around that or even educate? Right. Well, that's that's always an interesting one because it isn't, you know, some some producers we work with will eventually go to a distributor. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got a whole slew of distributors we work with across the country. And sometimes that's that's the best way to go. You know, selling direct isn't isn't everything for everyone, uh, but but then it can be successful as well. So I guess it, it really does depend. The one thing that we're mindful of is not to you want to you want to make educated decisions, don't you? And if you're going into something and you're investing in it and it's a whole new, a whole new product and a whole new arena that you're not used to, I, I'm of the mind, do it cautiously and do it as, as cleverly as possible. So we would advise and guide and bring in other people to, to just make sure we're, um, we're all on the same page and that the end of the game is met, you know? So you can bring it to fruition at the end of it. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, like I mentioned before, you know, when it comes to food safety and science, I mean, straight to the source, for example, we've um, launched this Chef Box program and it's a national program. It's a professional program. We put a lot of work in behind the scenes and um, we're kind of like not tender for chefs and producers, but um, we, we have our, our, our industry, um, you know, pool of people and we talk to them and they're bakers and they're butchers and they're, you know, procurement officers and their chefs and their fine dining cafes, what have you, um, large catering companies, we find out what they're um, looking for and what excites them. And then we look at our pool of producers and go, okay, what products do, do you have? And what's in the pipeline? What isn't released yet? What, you know, what do you have that you've had for five years and nobody's buying? And why is that? You know, we take a real deep dive into it. And then we've created the Chef Box program. So, you know, chefs are now getting these innovative little parcels to their door and they, they have to give feedback though. Um, we, we manage them quite closely. If they don't get feedback, they get booted off our program, never to come back, but it's so far, it's been working incredibly well. So we're, we're very excited about that. And so every producer on our platform is, is, um, invited to participate and um, yeah, so I mean, I think from a straight to the source point of view, what we are more than anything is we are on the forefront. Like we're always looking at how we can, how we can lessen that connection um, or that, you know, that disconnection, sorry, lessen the disconnection between 
the farmer and producer and the person eating, serving, buying, you know, the, the, the ingredient. That's very cool. So chefs and primary producers can swipe right on whoever they want to match up with and fill that sort of gap of that food. Well, straight, yeah. I mean, straight, we organize it. We curate yep. the whole thing and we make it happen and we manage it. And um, yeah, that's basically it in a nutshell. And then the other thing that we've just launched is um, uh, it's called in the bag. It's a Christmas in the bag. So what we did is all the producers on our, on our platform will be included. We've done a QR code to them and we're going to have recipes and links to their promotions and what have you. And we've um, created this bespoke, there's 20 producers represented across the country and um, there people are pre-ordering it. And then everything's being made bespoke right at the as fresh as possible so we've worked with a black garlic grower and a salami maker we brought them together we've worked with um you know singing magpie down in like i said monash you know to create a bespoke um blend of dried fruit we've really put a lot of thought into this from western australia we tried to get as many of the states involved and then we're giving some of the proceeds to the drought angels who do amazing work and um, so it's a real feel-good project. If if we were traveling all the time, we there's no way we would have been able to do this. But the fact that we have had a little bit of time um, to be able to put this hamper together, um, it's 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 really meant a lot to us, and I think it means a lot to the producers that are involved. Yeah. Yeah, one hundred percent. I think that's a great idea, and also those on the receiving end get a little bit of a taste of what's happening and what's new within. Yeah primary producers world and what they're producing australia produces some pretty good food so it's pretty good to have it rock up on your doorstep well exactly i mean we've got australian pork we've got salami from um salumi australia we've got pinos dolce vita i mean like i said we've got riverina we've got all these regions you know mentioned in this hamper so um yeah i think we've done i think we've done a great job you know being able to to highlight different regions and a diversity in products within this hamper. Absolutely. A never ending job as it keeps going on and <laughs> on though. But for, for straight to the source as a primary producer looking to see how their product would fit in the market, how, mm-hmm. how can they get in touch or fill in a form with straight to the source? Yeah. Yeah, well, we're, we're not that hard to find, hopefully. So, um, you know, we do have, we have a website straight to the source.com.au and we have a form there you can fill in and um, it'll come straight to Lucy and I and our team. And then we're also on Instagram under straight to the source and we're on LinkedIn and we're on Facebook and we're on Twitter as well. So um, yeah, the, those are basically the main ways to get in contact with us. And we have case studies and we have you know, plenty of farmers, other farmers can talk to. And, you know, we're very passionate and dedicated and we live, eat and breathe this every single day. And our whole, our whole ethos and value system is about, you know, transparency and um, supporting and inclusiveness and um, helping, you know, producers and chefs make educated decisions and actually understand the value of what goes into our food. Uh, Which is pretty Uh, important. it, it's incredibly important and something that, that you may want to put in 
in earlier in this podcast that I didn't mention, but I'm the group executive chef for the orchard. And that's a whole line of there's two of them. And there's one more being built. It's um, early learning centers. So we have chickens and we have an orchard and I write the menus and source from every single producer and farmer. And it's very important that the kitchen teams, I have three chefs in one, two in the other, we feed 160 kids in one and 90 in the other. And they're educating the kids on how, you know, how these ingredients come to be on their plate. So, and I have farmers come in all the time and talk to them. And, you know, I don't know if you can weave that in, but I I do think educating children so that they don't think it just comes from the, you know, the supermarket and it's there year round, you know, it's really important. Yeah, I think 100% agree with that as well. You got a bit of a vertical system then. So from early early adoption and learning for the younger ones so they can see where our food comes from and also primary producers see where their food goes. Well, with um, the Royal Agricultural Society, um, you know, the Sydney Fine Food Show is extraordinary. It's been going for many, many years and I've been a judge for them. In fact, I was acting chair of judges not last year because it was canceled the year before. And that's an opportunity for if there's, if there are any, um, producers out there that have created a product and, you know, they, they want to put it in and have it, um, judged. I think that's great. I, I forget how much it is. I think it's like $50 or what have you, but you, you send in your chutney or your jam or what, what have you, your, um, product and then you get professional there's four judges and an associate judge and you get professional feedback and it's a wonderful way to to really gauge where your product is in the marketplace and then if you're a primary producer the delicious produce awards are pretty amazing and lucy's been the project manager for that for 11 years so between the condiments and specialty side and the primary production we um we we like to encourage everyone to enter those awards if you know as much as possible it's good yeah great and it's a good way to benchmark for primary producers to see if they need to be changing their product or if they're coming out with the goods and it's and it's all done blind so it's not a packaging exercise it's not going to help you with your packaging but will help you with with what's inside which is really important. what matters essentially so yeah for, for yourself with straight to the source, what's the yeah. next five, 10 years look like for yourself and the team there, you and Lucy? Oh, wow. Well, our team will be probably even bigger and, yep. and more broad in its services. Um, I, I mean, I would like to think that we continue to to just grow our, our networks, um, you know, and, and continue to do the work we're doing. I mean, we're incredibly proud of, of the work that we've done, and I just would like to see it amplified even more so. So, I mean, with the when 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 restrictions lift, you know, getting back on the road and, and getting chefs out camping in paddocks and out actually, um, you know, having a hands-on experience, we will we will continue to to go that way. Yeah. Um, and in addition, you know, growing our directory and growing our services. We see straight to the source is really amplifying everything we're doing now. I mean, our yeah. our offering with um, you know professional development, we're still very passionate about that and raising regional awareness. So 
that will continue to to charge forward and um, also growing our producer directory and, and, and the producers we work with, we, we will continue down that road as well. And then with the with the regions, you know, working with regions. So I, I see us just doing more of what we're doing and um, as thought leaders and industry leaders, just continuing the work we're doing because we absolutely love it. We believe in it and we are making a difference. So all that kind of feels pretty good. I bet it does. You're an important link in between connecting farmers, primary producers to the food industry, but also you're educating them how they can get their products to the market, which is a very cool thing, which I like. I love the value adding side. And also it is another financial stream that farmers can access once successfully launching their products onto like in front of consumers, which is very cool to see your products out there in the flesh. Most farmers actually just yeah. see their product leave the farm gate and never see or hear of it again of where it ended up. So it's very cool that we can see what these products are and where they're going. Oh, absolutely. And it is an ever-evolving um you know, it's not just, you know, uh, in Fiona's case, you know, she's got her sausage rolls. You can take those in lots of different flavor profiles. I mean, it's it's stepping stones like we talked about earlier, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. And it's nice to be on the forefront of that. And there's a hell of a lot of innovation going on, too. You know, it's um, ingredients. It's, you know, it's not stagnant. It's forever changing. And the landscape is changing. And with climate and, you know, our farming principles and practices and all of that is changing. And a byproduct of that sometimes is some incredible innovation. Yeah, definitely. It's very wholesome sort of work, what you're doing. Um, And I applaud you on the effort you've done over the last 10, 11 years of the industry straight to the source, but also your backing and your background it's great to have you across in australia so thanks to your husband (laughs) thank you i'm i'm really um i love living in australia i love living in australia and um yeah thank you for having me so before we go a question we ask everyone who is someone you'd love to hear on the farms advice podcast and why Hmm. so i actually did give that some thought and i really think it's it's somebody from the councils or the RDAs, unless you, unless you're thinking of somebody, because what I've learned with that is we've worked with a lot of them and, and especially the ones in the South Australia, well, I don't want to say where, but they've been incredibly supportive and really helped us get on, get, get a front foot 10 years ago. But it's really fascinating how they all have the same sort of agenda to raise awareness for the regions, but how they go about it is very different. And I'd like to understand I would like to understand how that works. So would I now, now that you brought it to life. <laughs> Perfect. You know, like. That's a yeah. great introduction. Sorry. I'll have to get in touch with a few councils and we'll talk after the show, I'm sure. But for anyone that wants to get in touch with Straight From The Source or yourself and your expertise, how can they? Social media handle and website, please. Yeah, so straighttothesource.com.au and we're straight to the source on Instagram. I'm Tanya Barr, I've got Lucy Allen, um, and we're also on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn under our own name and straight to the source. Beautiful. Well, you'll find all the information in the show notes after the show or before the show, whenever you want to access them. So, Tanya, mm-hmm. thank you very much for coming on the Funds Vice podcast. Good to hear from you, and we'll talk very soon, I bet. Okay, thank you for having me.
Thanks for listening to episode 66 with myself, Jack Rezel, the host. Also, a big thank you to Tonya for coming on to the show and sharing with us her role in Australian agriculture. A very important role, nonetheless, it is by showcasing our produce to those working in the food service industry every day, every week, every year. It is a relentless job, but it is really good that she can showcase how primary producers are making the food, the raw commodity, and bringing it into the food service world. So I hope you're able to take something away from this episode and think if it is something for you that you can implement into your own enterprise to build up or bolster yourself. If not, no worries. Share it with a mate that might find it useful to help us grow Australian primary producers. So make sure if you love this episode, leave a comment on our Instagram page or with an Apple podcast review. Five stars would be pretty handy too. But until then, next Tuesday, keep on farming. Thanks for listening right to the end of this one, farmers. If you want to know what's going on with Farmers Advice and what we're up to and the industry updates, make sure you sign up to our Farmers Mailbag newsletter. You'll be able to sign up at farmsvice.com.au. See you next week. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.